0: which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. Fake the nation episode 224. Hello, hello! This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we start painting a bunch of little blotches on the canvas that is democracy. And we keep going and going. We add more colors and brushstrokes and civil rights. And then we stand back several feet away until the Impressionist art become comes into focus and we realize that we're staring at the beauty that is America. <laughs> you guys know that this is like a holiday for me. We're voting. And today, we're going to talk about all things election uh and finally we'll also talk about the industry around the autumn craze yeah because i think it's important to talk about something totally dumb to end the show um today i have the most amazing panel i cannot express to you how grateful i am for this particular panel they are fantastic Joining us again, you've heard her on their show before. She's the voice of Melania Trump on Showtime's Our Cartoon President. She's a comedian and actor. You've seen her sort of everywhere. Uh, It is the one and only Cody Lindquist. Hey, Cody. Hello. So good to see you in this.
1: I just voted. I had to say
2: that.
0: We're going to talk all about it. I want (laughs) to hear. I want to hear the story. Um, Also joining us for the very first time, this gentleman has been so very kind to me. Um, low these many years, uh, by joining me on some of my various projects. Um, he is the star of the movie Dark Divide that's out now in theaters, uh, drive-in theaters, all sorts of anything theater that is happening. You can see it there and it'll be streaming on November 10th. That's Dark Divide. You should absolutely watch it. And then when you're done doing that, you should watch like basically everything he's ever done because he's so hilarious. All of the specials, all of the TV shows. It is none other than David Cross. Hi, David Cross.
3: Hello. Hi. Hello.
0: David Cross was also in my second to last movie uh, called The Muslims Are Coming, uh, in which we did his interview in the laundry room of our building. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, were you were you living there? Or I was, was living I, there. Yeah, you were living there. That's how we met. I yeah, say. that's how yeah. we
0: that's yeah, that's how we met and and how and you were just kind enough basically knowing nothing about me to be in my movie, which was really nice of you.
3: Well you have a very you have a very strong, forceful, charming personality. <laughs> well so.
0: can we make that immediately into a poster that I will put affix <laughs> onto all of my pull walls? Quote. <laughs> pull <laughs> quote. Um but what ha- but I jokingly said, oh, we could shoot it in the laundry room. And then you were like, not jokingly, that's where we'll shoot it. So we filmed. Well,
3: that's, it was a great idea.
0: <laughs> we filmed in the laundry I room. Think... Folks, we normally. It was
3: was Did Eddie it... in it? Did Eddie make his way into that?
0: No, <laughs> no. Our super Eddie uh, was, was not in the movie. Um, but he was really excited that Hollywood had come to our building. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I miss him. That's the thing I miss most about. About
0: the building. The yeah. yeah, he was fa- he's fantastic. He's still fantastic. I see him on the street sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right, folks. L- normally we do three topics, but today we're going to do like a bunch of mini topics because we have so much to say about a yay old electoral process. So let's get into it with topic number one. <laughs> Which is just straight up voting. Um, let's talk about what's happening around the country. There are long lines. I myself has, have witnessed very long lines here in Manhattan. Uh, so my question for you both is, have you voted? Have you heard about people voting? What is your current voting story slash plan?
1: I just voted this morning. Yes. Like two, like an hour and a half ago, I voted, got a salad, and now I'm talking to you, um, which is very exciting.
0: Was there a long line in your precinct
1: Yeah, so I vote at Madison Square Garden. Very exciting. Um, I got in line at 10.30 and I was out. It didn't open till 12, so I was one of the first people online. And then, um, yeah, it took me like 20 minutes. Here's a little hot tip if you're voting in New York. They give you a stylus, you know, to sign your name when you uh, get your ballot, which I knew about. I did not know that it is also a pen. Uh, So when I went to fill in the bubbles, I used the communal pen. Mm. That seems like a mistake,
0: right? It's also a pen, and then they let you keep it as well. Is that right? Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, they I did kept that during it. the anyway, primaries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's um. I had to vote uh, absentee during the primaries, so didn't get one then. Anyway, that's a hot tip if you're voting in Manhattan. Um, the lines are, have been astronomically long everywhere. Yeah. I live like uh, in Columbus Circle area, and there's like a Lincoln Center polling place too, and it's yeah, it's been. Insane.
0: Mine's um, around the block. David Cross, have the where? What, did, what is the voting scenario where you are, and what does it make you feel like? Are you? Does it worry you? Excite you?
3: Um, well, I am registered in Sullivan County. I move. Uh, I have a, a house up there, and I moved my registration there back in two thousand fourteen. I think so. I could get or two thousand sixteen. So I could get rid of John Faso. Um, and voted uh Antonio Delgado and who's amazing. He's great. And um and you know, it's one of those things where my vote means more. Yeah. Or it sure a, does. a, a liberal progressive vote means more up there than it does in Brooklyn. Um <clears throat> so that's where I've been voting for the last, you know, uh however many elections that is. Um and uh and this year uh, I did absentee because I had to go to Atlanta to finish some work. Uh, and so that, that vote was, uh, you know, that... Hopefully, I, I went on that vote tracker thing and I couldn't access any information, um, but... Um,
1: <laughs> not a good yeah. sign. <laughs> that seems, uh, seems quite 2020 to be like,
3: they didn't yeah. figure it out. Um, oh, they didn't. But also Sullivan County, not knocking Sullivan County, but it's also that is like uh you know all their stuff is very uh texas instruments kind of
0: <laughs> commodore 64 graphing calculators interface. are running yeah.
3: yeah there's a lot of there's Yay. toasters still in there um uh yeah so they're they're a bit behind in that uh capacity but um uh but where i live in brooklyn the the uh, nearest precinct uh the big one is on um in Clinton Hill is on, uh, uh, what is it? It's between, it's the, uh,
1: Barclays center.
3: I'm not, cl- there, there is one at Barclays, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a closer one. Not the, uh, I'm just spacing on the, tr- uh, the, not an, it's not a church. It's a not museum? A, amp- a synagogue. No, it's the, <laughs> You'll have to cut this. <laughs> uh, this
0: is what this is what this the is listeners the tune in for, is this kind you, of yeah, indecision yeah. and forgetfulness.
3: Shriners. Shrin- not Shriners. Uh, <laughs> come on, help me out. I don't know. It's like between Vanderbilt and Carlton, and it's the I'm a Manhattan girl, girl, baby. The Something Hall. Same here. The you're Something talking, Hall, you're talking hall you're
0: talking ladies and gentlemen. Two Manhattan right.
1: Nights. We don't
0: know. <laughs>
3: All right, anyway, anyway. Uh, everything I've heard is that They uh, and this applies to Barclays as well, but they're uh, kind of intimidatingly long lines, but it's running very quickly. Your people are only uh, it's not taking that long for people uh, uh, outside of the, you know, the the, um, rush hour part of it. But uh, people have been moving pretty quickly. They everything I've heard from both places is it's running pretty efficiently, efficiently and everybody's friendly and they've got pizza for people and blah, blah,
0: blah. Uh, yeah, there's even, there's a like a service. It's like a free pizza service. They'll You call yeah. them and they'll come deliver pizza to the voting lines, which is like fantastic. Are they um, are they I, individually wrapped slices?
1: Because that feels very not what? COVID safe to just they, be do that. Maybe they're little personal pizzas. I saw Mariska Hargitay yesterday at uh, Madison Square Garden was throwing sandwiches to people.
0: Well, that's... Uh, that is amazing. I really missed out. That's <laughs> What kind of sandwiches? You know what I mean? That's the first question that comes to my mind. Um, So I guess so for some people are looking at this as voter suppression and some people are looking at it as voter enthusiasm. I have to say. And I don't, you know, in terms of voter suppression, yes, I can see someone like myself. I had to, go, I only had like 30 minutes to vote and I thought, oh, this might be one of those moments where there's nobody there. So I went to my place. I mean, it's two blocks away. I checked it out. There was in fact a very, very long line that would have taken me lo- longer than 30 minutes. So I had to leave. I don't feel voter suppressed by that experience because I have more opportunities to go back and it's obviously a priority for me. But um, I, I do think that part of what we're seeing is, a a system in every state that wasn't anticipating this kind of turnout, right? And if you want to talk about turnout, which, guys, spoiler alert, I I want to talk about turnout. Oh, yeah. What's your take?
3: I disagree with that. I think they, a lot of people did anticipate it, have for months, and were stymied in uh, almost every way and are continuing to be uh, blocked from creating a, a... you know, the most uh, efficient means possible to vote. And I, I don't think those two things are, you know, suppression and enthusiasm are mutually exclusive. Right. I think you can have both. And, um, and there's clearly voter suppression um, in numerous different ways uh, happening.
1: Well, it should also, it just should be easy. I mean, you know, we're all, the three of us sitting here are fairly privileged people that have the time. And, you know, if you're working a minimum wage it, job, you, don't, you it can't be take a holiday. off work. It should be a it national be a holiday. It should be a federal national yeah. federal holiday. And it should be two holiday. weeks before, you know, you can vote for two weeks before and then actual voting is a national holiday. But that would require everybody to think that... Voting is a should right should I mean, vote I, I, I and do, half the country thinks that half of the people shouldn't vote and have that right. Right, so but I
0: I do have to say I mean that's definitely that. true in places I've I've been getting reports from North Carolina and South Carolina and the votes are, the, the lines are long in those places as well. Um and mm-hmm. the, you know in a place like South Carolina might be more interested in voter suppression um, just given their political makeup but in New York City um I can tell you know I, I was a policy advisor for the campaign um, finance board um, in my, my years before being a comedian um, and some simultaneous to it, and which gives me absolutely no intel on the board of elections. But what I remember from my time there, and again, this is like 10 years ago, I, I remember thinking that. Wow, the board of elections needs to be funded more. So in New York I don't think there's an ideological, you know, disagreement right. over whether people should vote. I think in New York people Our we want city people is to broke. Vote. But in <laughs> right, but the but in but it's an issue of funding and making that a priority. And I have to say for people who for a party that loves voting and the idea of voting, we don't ever prioritize voting when it comes to policy. And so mm-hmm. that I think is coming to bite us right in the dick. Well,
1: also, I I think in some of these liberal strongholds like New York City, they want everyone to vote, uh, you know, when it comes to voting in the um, actual, you know, the the actual election. But in the primaries, they don't necessarily want that many people to come out because, you know, you want the traditional Democratic candidates to win. So I don't know. It, it feels like they they also feel like, well... Where our electoral votes are going to go to Joe Biden. So, yes, voting in New York is important and voting down ballot is super important. But, you know, I don't know if people feel uh, like our vote counts as much for the. President yeah. And right that's now. what's
0: funny about the long lines is that New York is already in the bag. You know what I mean? It's a taken for well, granted. Also, we matter not at all. Like we didn't matter during the primaries. We continue not to matter.
1: And our primary vote matters in a lot of ways more than our um, right,
0: but, which yeah, didn't matter our this time around. General election vote, yeah,
1: yeah, because like by the time I got there, my um, my representatives were you know aren't running against anybody because you know if you voted for them in the primary, you win your primary. There's no Republicans running against the Democrats in right. a Democratic state.
0: Well, I'm gonna move on to other issues within the electoral universe, uh, but first, let's take a quick break and hear about our sponsors, whom we love, and then when we come back, we'll talk about other things. We'll <laughs>
2: HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura.
0: Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you guys subscribe to. But then here's the bigger thing to unsubscribe. You don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation, you guys. Eat stress free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add ons every week like breakfast, on the go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled him aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef prepared meals that arrive to your door. And then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like it's so simple and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand up gigs, it's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that i love to do is try not to eat carbs (laughs) so they have a keto option which is fantastic it's super delicious they use premium ingredients you can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus right like real ingredients they're no fuss no mess meals um they eliminate the hassle of having to prep They're tailored to your schedule. Um, You can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fake the nation. 50 and use the code fake the Nation 50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation the Nation 50 at factormeals.com/fake the nation 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back and we're ready for topic number B. Uh, so, you guys, there's rumors about Biden and Hunter Biden and Biden making money off of foreign blah, blah, blah. And it's all very confusing. And so just a quick, like, sense here. Have any of these rumors registered with you? David Cross, do, do you know at all, like, what are the specifics of anything I'm talking about?
3: Are you talking about the uh, Ukrainian stuff or are you talking about the laptop with the, so you know, par- the supposed—
0: Right. There's, the la- there's a laptop with some emails on it. There's another set of 25,000 emails that were dumped that has nothing to do with that laptop, but has to do with maybe someone giving their Gmail password away or something. Um, there's a lot of different characters involved hey. and a lot of shady and possibly unethical journalism unclear. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different stories. Uh, and I just wonder if any of them have sort of registered with you as a real story it as someone who consumes i'm i'm assuming um truth-based journalism (laughs) um
3: well i'm assuming it's truth-based as well so (laughs) we can't be too careful Um, when you when you meet, i mean i'm aware of it and i uh i suppose there's such a we're inundated with so much stuff uh especially as we ramp into these last couple weeks here um uh that I don't spend too much time trying to verify whether those things are legit because they seem uh, and they're being told to me by a reputable sources, uh, journalists that they are not legit. And I know about the um, the uh, the tie, you know, Steve Bannon, the Chinese guy, his boat. His laptop. He got this. They got so. Giuliani <laughs> sent the uh, Ukrainian guy. Uh, you know all that <laughs> sounds, stuff. Yeah. And and I don't uh, to uh, uh, to my discredit. I haven't uh, really done a deep dive to figure out if it's legit or not. But it seems at you know just as a uh, educated guess. Um, that it is not legitimate at all. <laughs> so I kind of move on to other things. Right. It, like just, the, it like also feels
1: like all the the details are just recycled. De- they're trying to get the talking points out that are the same talking points about Hillary in 2016. Yeah. Like, here's some emails. We don't know but, what's in the emails. Like, if we just say emails, we're all going to lose our fucking mind. Here's the thing.
3: It's this, I, I get the sense that this was their October surprise. And and this was in the works for a while. And it's clearly not sticking. And they're kind of freaking out. I would say as as of about two or three days ago, you can see this kind of shift. And it's just not landing the way... And now now their talking points are all like, the media is trying to bury this news. And that's all they've got. And it feels to me like they truly did not expect this to just be, fall flat, to fall flat, and not have the impact. And I don't think they have anything else. And I think they thought the, you know, they're, um, oh, Hunter Biden, you know, was uh, whatever was high, and he was getting a foot job from a prostitute or whatever, and nobody <laughs> gives a shit. Right? And nobody gives a shit because. These motherfuckers have set the bar so low, that's nothing. We don't give a fuck we anymore. We all have a brother <laughs> Six the, years or ago, a sure. That would be something to talk about. No one gives a shit about the son of a guy who was fucked up in Las Vegas and got a foot job. Nobody. Why would we give a fuck <laughs> I know. at this point? And it's because of them. That's on them. Right, right, also, right. Also,
1: it's so weird to me that your attack would be about his son, when your children are literally the worst people <laughs> that are getting so much money for, it's like, how can you, you know, how can you talk about this? If you have this example, which is not good on your own, do you want to yeah, like really a, bring that over? That's a rational
3: viewpoint. That's what a rational person, right. a person None who is, <laughs> is uh, uh, somewhat even keeled and, and takes all the information and in, that's how they would consider that, uh, that information, but. Uh these people aren't. My nope. favorite
1: takeaway, though, was that Joe Biden is just a nice dad who's like, I love you no matter what, son. Right. And you've worked
0: really hard to <laughs> clean yourself up. through in the debate. I'm like, oh, um, you know, that's like, I want to point out, really we, we read a piece of The Atlantic by Ann Applebaum called You're Not Supposed to Understand the Rumors About Biden. And just even hearing, like, um, cross-hearing you, like, do that weird summary with a boat and, like, Julian, I don't even know the th- seven things you said and the names you said. It is really hard to kind of track these stories there's too many characters it's like you know it needs a rewrite like the uh, their october surprise needs like a deep rewrite so that it lands well with you're, people. you're
3: you're not supposed to track the, the characters you're just supposed to hear get outraged by the like some kind of doing this thing right. and it, and once you get past that and it quickly got past that they didn't have any answers for that they weren't expecting people to you know uh connect the dots so Mm -hmm. quickly and readily and they just thought it was going to be a but her emails type of situation it clearly wasn't for uh, reasons we talked about
1: i'm also just really sick of politicians having to have squeaky clean families and squeaky clean relationships like i don't really care if they're not corrupt in what they're doing you know they're they're not doing anything corrupt like i don't care if their brother sucks or like like none of that matters to me and i feel like we're we're maybe moving in that direction. Yeah, foot uh, jobs Maybe Trump don't has matter. pushed us over there where it's like, uh, all right, you know, fine, yeah. you're Sister was I, had I think had to well, resign. one of the things know.
0: that I I don't want to give the media too much credit, but I do feel like this is a little bit of a sign of growth um, that, you know, there were these email dumps in 2016. And in 2016, it seemed like, oh, shit, there's all these emails. That definitely means a bunch of people are fucking guilty. Right. Like just the the notion of an email dump meant some kind of horrible scandal. But now and and, and this is what Anna Applebaum points out. Um, in her piece, she wrote, in 2016, American journalists weren't yet attuned to the many ways in which masses of irrelevant hacked material could be used to waste their time. Now they are. Uh, So I I, I like the idea here that the media isn't like, you know, they're just not being roped into some email shit that's going to be a waste of their time.
3: I think that's a very generous assessment of the media, um, which is, you know, not a uh, completely a monolith it's it's sure. made up of all kinds of different personalities and and uh and biases and um, but i i think the the media is uh every day there's another example of uh of of something that is so outrageous to i think any of us who've been following any of these things like how are you still doing this how can you still be you know after the debate crediting trump for not you know, taking a shit on stage. And, and like that now he's president. Like it's, that shit is still happening.
1: Yeah. We finally had a civil debate.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, the media is still doing the same shit that got us here. Uh, and they, they're only they're only wary of email dumps just because they got burned on it. You know, until they get burned on everything, they won't they won't reassess and they won't stop and reprioritize. But I do
0: think but I do think there has been a little bit of that like, okay, let's not immediately assume an email dump is newsworthy. And I think that's um, that's something we've seen from mainstream outlets, whereas in 2016, I mean, motherfuckers were broadcasting not one, not two, but every single Trump rally. It was on TV, not part of it, the entire rally. Right. Do you yeah. guys remember that? And so I do. he was getting just free advertising, and that's not something that happens anymore, thank God. But do
1: you think that part of it is that they're also inundated with so much from Trump? You know, Trump does this, right. Trump leaves a bunch of Nebraska supporters to die of hypothermia, you know, at a rally last night. That if the Biden or if the Hunter Biden stuff had come at a time where there was more of a lull, right. there was so much going on. Yeah, they're that like they're, they're working they, they had the time to be like we. Yeah, they have the time to be like, we don't have time to, you know, we have morals and we're not going to cover this. Whereas if it were a slow news week, which who can remember when a last slow news week yeah, was, maybe they yeah. would have just been like, yeah, well. Yeah, that's an
0: interesting point.
3: I, th- I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah, yeah. But those days are long gone. Those days are long gone. <laughs> I just,
1: gone. all I want is to just not care about this for, for two weeks. Yeah. Just have a two-week <laughs> mental vacation. Like, you know, just thinking about Joe Biden just making some, like, choice that I don't have to worry about. Like, I don't have to think about every single fucking thing that he does seems enjoyable. It's luxuri- it just sounds luxurious. Just luxurious. That,
3: that's not going to happen either. I mean, <laughs> no, if, he of gets, course not. if he gets into <laughs> office and we start seeing some of these uh, uh, people he's nominating for cabinet posts and you're like, wait, what? Who and then
0: progressive, We also have to get
1: through the next. Few, no, no, no. If he wins, I think there's which, uh,
0: there's so many progressives holding his feet to the fire. I can't imagine like crazy I need a two happening. week holiday. I can imagine I need a, a mental couple health of like very moderate holiday. people. But either way, I think you'll. I think if, if this works in our favor, you'll get a little break. You know, we'll all get but to you, like
3: your your pause. holiday isn't coming until he's actually in the White House. It's not <laughs> happening until like early January. Because yeah. Trump the, is going to spend at, the Next earliest, it's going three months burning down the White January. House,
1: literally lighting paintings on fire. And then we're going to have...
0: He's <laughs> yeah. like, he's oh, just walking Just stealing shit.
1: Just the gonna... Lincoln bedroom is on fire.
0: <laughs> all right. Let us move on um, to topic number Roman numeral three. Amy Coney Barrett is the newest justice of the Supreme Court. And what's interesting about that is the con- confirmation process was rather uneventful. Um, her swearing in got very little attention and yet it all happened. Um, how do you folks feel? Amy Coney Barrett, she's now on the Supreme Court.
1: Well, my husband just got a vasectomy and I'm very excited <laughs> about it because clearly I need to be at, I'm happy to now be at the point where I'm done having to worry about birthing children. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it felt like, it felt uh, like but when RBG died, I felt so, so enormously upset by it. And then, By the time she was quietly (laughs) ushered in, I just was dead inside and numb. Yeah, Um, I don't know. It's been coming for a really long time, so I think anybody who's been paying attention has been like, "This is happening." Uh, I think a lot of people just are assuming that it's not. I'm most worried about reproductive rights, and a lot of people are acting like it's not going to happen, and we'll see.
0: David Cross, how do you feel?
3: I mean, it's it's tragic uh, that you know because of this. weird and antiquated way that we, uh, have, you know, the Supreme court designed as a, uh, uh, as a branch of, of government where, you know, you, you aren't, you know, you're in for life, which is absurd, weird. And, uh, um,
1: people used to only live till be like 40.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're like, wait, you could
1: be 85. Shit. We should change that
3: and And it, I, I all the things you're thinking and all the things I could articulate are are uh, upsetting and infuriating, and we all saw this coming, and this wasn't a surprise um, and uh, and then watching the um, fecklessness of the Democrats and uh, uh, just another example of how weak they are and ineffective and, um, uh, and that this, these, these people with these extremist views don't really represent, uh, a majority of American, of Americans, not even half of Americans, but there, it's a very small minority. Not, I shouldn't say small, but it's a, it's still a minority. And it really, the thing that I can't, that keeps being so upsetting to me is all the people that uh, of all the reasons that were given to vote, uh, you know, to to swallow your distaste and vote for Hillary Clinton, like this is the one. For, mm-hmm. I mean, of all yeah, the yeah. egregious horrors that have been visited on all kinds of people that aren't myself, I'm fine. I will be fine. Uh, in fact, if Trump gets reelected, I'll have more money than I would if Biden got elected. And uh, I, um, and, but the world and America will be a, a, much worse off, but, uh, for all the people, um, I mean, for any of your gay friends, trans friends, uh, I mean, I just think of all yeah. the people who <laughs> yeah. like, Hey man, you got to earn my vote. Well, too late, too late now. And, and that's, that, also that's such
1: a point of a, privilege to say that. Of course.
3: And Amy, Coney Barrett is in there for life and her crazy, crazy, uh, superstitious, weird, uh, patriarchal, nonsensical Christian, crazy Christian Catholic views are in there for life. And she is in the majority. And if you, uh, that's, I just keep going back to all the people who are like, I'm not voting for Hillary. She's a war criminal. Okay. Well, but I
1: think, I, I do think sometimes people need to have things happen in their life. It really needs to affect them. It's not
3: going to happen to them. It's going to happen to everybody else. Right.
1: But a lot of people it will happen to. I I, I have a, you know, I'm from Ohio. My husband's from South Carolina. You know, there are a lot of people in real, and I'm going to, and like I said, I'm done with my childbearing years, but even still living in New York, living in a blue place, Abortion will be legal for me. I have money and I live in a liberal city. If I ever needed an abortion, I I feel like I can get it. But it's the other people that, until it affects them, that's my point. And it will affect them t- until it's taken away. I don't think people realize how big of a threat it is.
0: And and I think and I actually think the turnout that we're seeing, right? We over 80 million people have voted. And that's as of yesterday. Um, we're on on track to to have more votes than we, you know, far outpace our turnout from last uh, 2016, which was 137 million. They're projecting over 150 million. So I think we are seeing like this has has motivated people, even though it was four years too late, but it has motivated people. And I want to say,
3: yeah, but you're making a wild you're making an assumption that all these people that are showing up are voting for Biden. And I don't know. We don't know that yet. Well,
0: that's true that I am making that wild assumption, though it does tend to favor the Democrats, this kind of turnout. But you're right. We don't know that yet, which is why definitely keep your phone banking and your texting and your, you know, uh, talking to neighbors. But I think one thing um, just to kind of get, you know, give us an option for how to feel okay in the future is that. We will eventually have this office, right? It's not like Republicans have it forever or Democrats have it forever. And when we do, we'll be able to make some changes. I honestly think a commission could come up with a lot of interesting and creative ways to minimize the term of Supreme Court justices, either to add justices. There are ways out of this. I don't think it's the. Mo- I don't think we're just in it for some forty-year dire nightmare. Uh, I,
3: I think if Trump's reelected, we are. I, I agree.
0: I don't – I mean, we are in it for another four-year nightmare, but we don't – I don't think it's an uh, – I don't think it's something that literally lasts decades. I, these – this is a pendulum that goes back and forth. I disagree. I think
3: you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Well, also,
0: I think what's frustrating to me is even if
1: there are creative ways to get out of this, we have so many massive things we need to do and climate change, you know, financial sure, crisis yes, and people yes. losing their jobs that even if we win – and even if we get the Senate and the House, that's a very short amount of time to get a lot of shit done. And if we have to focus this, focus our time on figuring out how to, you know, get the, you only have a, a small amount of time to get some stuff done. I mean, you think about Obama spent all of his time getting healthcare done. And that was ba- – I mean, he did a lot of stuff. But that was like the key yeah. cornerstone thing that he could get done. You know, how are we going to be able to do a Green New Deal if we're spending the first two years of a all-democratic – Congress and Senate and and um, presidency figuring out how to clean up this shit. I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to have to spend the time and energy on this. But I do think sometimes people need to lose rights to realize.
0: But also, it's it's, it's frustrating. But what is what is our our alternative is? is that we have to do it. I mean, there's no, you know what I mean? That's the alter, it is, it's it's extremely frustrating, though I don't, I guess I don't see the point of thinking that there's no way out. I don't see the point of that thinking. I do see ways out. I see ways out with local government. I see see ways out with, you know, additional um, elections, other future elections. This thing is meant to grow and evolve.
3: The election process has already been so perverted. And um this I truly believe is the last chance for a uh anything left of center right to have any uh capa- capability of uh correcting any of these things. I think this is literally our last chance because there are so many things in place, those will only exponentially get, uh, increased and, uh, and worsened. And, um, I don't think you'll truly have, uh, I mean, it already is, uh, uh, veering away from the facade of a true democracy. And I think, uh, if these folks are validated and, um, given, you know, the ability that they have to just kind of, uh, steamroll over everything. I, we haven't seen anything. I mean, if they're in for a second term and a uh, lame duck at that, I mean, all bets are off. And I don't, uh, I don't mean to, to dissuade you of any optimism. I just don't think a, a, you know, there may be some victories in a local election, but it's not gonna, outside of, um, who's on the school board and your, uh, uh, CSA, I I don't think you're going to have that many victories.
0: Well, I mean, I, I again, I disagree with you there, because, for example, the rate of transmission in New York is the, the lowest in the country. Um, and we have that low rate of transmission for a variety of reasons. But one of them is our leadership. And that's leadership that I voted for. Right. Um, and so there are differences. And, you know, it, it still is a, a republic of Yeah, States. New York.
3: New York. OK. New York will be uh, different. You're you saw he Trump has threatened to uh, withhold federal funds. And they'll find a way to do that. And your services are going to uh, you're, you're not going to be able to have uh, sanitation pick up uh, three times a week. That'll be that'll be taken away. You know, that any as soon as any kind of if uh, knock on wood, there is a uh, those guys are out of office. You know, that immediately every Republican is all of a sudden going to be for austerity and, you know, won't you know, uh, reverse themselves on deficit spending and all of a sudden they're going to care about a deficit. Um, And, you know, if those folks get in, I mean, it's, we're already uh, over a trillion dollars. We have a trillion dollar deficit and they're just going to withhold all kinds of funds. You're not going to have the MTA, forget it. I'm basically
1: saving all of that till next week.
0: (laughs) In my brain, I'm like,
1: listen, If Trump wins, starting Tuesday, everything will seem hopeless and terrible. And this might be the last four days of hope and optimism that I have. I hear you. So I'm holding on to this. This is my one time to be like, maybe the future is good. And then starting on Tuesday... Then I cry. Right. Not I, I haven't eat. cried at all in 2020, but I've made a choice that this week,
3: this week is optimism. I, I want uh, just not <laughs> wait. Just wait a couple days. Wait, uh, like Cody is talking about. Wait, and but then I want get you to see what I want you to see what Stephen Miller has uh, planned if they win. Re-election.
1: I'll call you on the, Tuesday. But
3: don't do it that. now. But go. You you just check and see what he what he's not able to put out there because it's too uh, polarizing and inflammatory and extreme in a in an First election term. cycle. Um, it, and I'm not kidding. It's it's well, horrific you know shit.
1: It is terrifying. But I do think, too, COVID is hitting people now. So COVID started off in New York City, and it was like, oh, it's a New York problem. And oh, you know, all those liberals died. That's terrible. But it's not coming to my hometown. And it is. It's coming to people's hometowns. And so it. obviously, I want everyone to be okay. I don't want anyone to get sick. I don't want anyone to die. But this is something I, that I do people, not feel the same. This well, this is something that people can't ignore. The way that this has been handled shows the fault lines in the two parties. Shows the way the difference in thinking people, um, the, the difference that Republicans and Democrats have. We believe that people should be paid to stay home and not die, and they believe people should be forced to go to work regardless if they've pre-existing conditions that make them more susceptible to you know illness or death from covid and that at the end of the day we can't spend money to save people to save families and so i think you know after we get through this winter which is going to be a very rough winter no matter what maybe some people will start to rethink
0: and I want to close off by saying... Again,
1: that's all for Tuesday and yeah, past.
0: I want, I want to close off by saying, I mean, uh, you know, look, we have a, literally our official merch for Fake the Nation is a T-shirt that says we're only doing optimism hilariously. <laughs> um, but I am that person. I'm totally that person. And, and it's it, it's not... Look, there's... I. In the 200 whatever years of the republic, there have been other shitty, shitty times, and people have felt as dark and horrible as you, you know, as any one of us might feel right now. Um, But, but we've we've survived, right? And I, I'm just, I just think, a, let's not Y2K this situation and just assume that everything's going to be horrible, right? And then, my, I mean, then. Maybe be wrong about it. Also, let's not create a self fulfilling prophecy. The more we talk about this, about losing, about this, like, like the more we're just making it happen, right? And that I think um, I, I, you know that s-
3: that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, <laughs> and I and I totally get that 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 kind of thing is not does not make sense, you know, to you. Um, but but I think
3: that. But I, I think factually, that's incorrect. What I think just by merely talking about something in a realistic, uh, albeit negative. Uh, uh, way or or understanding and uh, uh, accepting the negative parts of it doesn't mean it's self fulfilling prophecy.
0: No, no, I mean self fulfilling prophecies aren't like scientifically proven or anything. But I'm just saying, like it it seems to you know to keep talking about riots that are going to erupt on the day after the elections is not helpful um, in keeping people calm. What we want, what I think, what we would love from our leaders, right, is to say, hey, guys, this is an election. Stay calm. Like, we've done this before. It's not a big deal. We're obviously not hearing that from some of our leadership. And so it's creating more of this, you know, this fervor and this angst. Um, And I think that, Like for all of us and to our neighbors, I think it's important to be like, hey, we're going to just do this election. We're going to see what happens. Democracy takes time. Democracy doesn't get announced on the same day all the time. The framers, in fact, didn't say anything about fucking Lester Holt announcing the results the same night. So everybody like give it a beat. Let democracy do its job. You know what I mean? And then and then we'll see what happens. You know?
1: Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Hope
0: for the best, prepare for the <laughs> that's worst. That's
1: my parenting motto. Uh,
0: yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let us move on uh, to um, the final topic for the day. That's uh, topic, subclause 4A, um, fall. Fall. Oh no! Sorry, you guys. Before I forget, races to watch. This is which is not racist to watch. I've been uh, I've been told that I pronounced it poorly. Races
3: to watch.
0: <laughs> races to watch is basically the entire show. <laughs> from, exactly. From 2016 onward, the Illinois sixth congressional district has a scientist, Sean Casten, defending his seat from Janine Ives, who is a frightening MAGA fan. Um, so thanks to uh, Twitter peeps for letting me know about that race. Also, Kara Eastman in Nebraska's third right now. Now, take a look. Candace Venezuela, sorry, Candace Valenzuela in Texas' 24th District, and Louise Snodgrass, the working-class candidate, running in District 7 from South Dakota, folks. And I know we have listeners in South Dakota, in fact. So check out those races. Um, They are part of our races to watch. All right, next topic, final topic. We read a piece in Jezebel, um, in Jezebel. It sounded like I said Jezebel. We read a piece in Jezebel by uh, Hazel Sills. And I'm going to read the first paragraph. Um, She writes... As the lush green trees of the Northeast begin to brown and a chill rolls through the now darkened hours of the early morning, she appears every autumn, like truth coming out of her well, the white girl who absolutely loves fall. Uh, The piece is called How America Invented the White Woman Who Just Loves Fall. And my question for you guys is this, like, I grew up in the desert and, like, with some stints in Paris, because I'm so worldly, it's not a big deal. Um, I, but I grew up in the desert, and we didn't have like a thing that happened in the fall, like fall sort of came and went. I don't remember this being a part of my childhood, but we also didn't have weather. Um, has fall always been this blunt instrument of, pr- you know, precious ornamentation? Was it like that for wherever you grew up in the country? Um, or is this just a, a more modern phenomenon?
1: I feel like you sent this article for me
3: because um,
1: I don't know if your listeners can tell, but I am a white woman. I'm very white. Um, my name is Cody Lindquist. That's very white. Um, yeah. I mean, I love fall. I know. I'm, I guess I'm that basic woman that they were talking about. Um, although I don't like pumpkin spice lattes anymore. That was very 2010. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm from Ohio, so the changing of the seasons was always like a big deal. But it was interesting this article talked about, you know, sort of the history of fall and the history of Thanksgiving and and how it's sort of whitewashed, you know, everything, which uh sort of like the celebration of Thanksgiving as we all have come to know is very um whitewashed. But yeah, it's interesting uh it, it's interesting to see the evolution of the um the white woman image. You know, but yeah, I guess we all buy into it
0: David cross was was this a part of your childhood would it was fall a big deal for you?
3: yeah, uh this article just sounds like one of those things like i what am I supposed to write about shoot I've got a, <laughs> a, a deadline uh I know that there's probably enough people that'll be interested and throw it around on Twitter for ten minutes to you know justify my writing this thing. I don't know this <laughs> is a silly dumb thing i I don't. Uh, I I haven't read the article. I'm just going (laughs) off of the premise and the, the I gotta get something that (laughs) white women will click on.
1: Let me put them in the title.
3: Well, white, well, men, I, I mean, men are a big part of, I enjoy the fall. I love it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I also love all four seasons. I really do. And I love the change of seasons and, um, you know, you don't have as big a change from spring to summer or, uh, um, fall to winter so much, but you do have a big summer to fall. It's a, it's, uh, especially if it's hot. I grew up in Georgia, but I lived all over the place. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's, there are all kinds of things around the idea of fall and, uh, and, and in a spiritual sense, this idea that we had this summer of growth and relaxation and luxury, not luxury so much, but, you know, um, uh, Renewal. You know, yeah. And it's beautiful. And now we're going to, we're starting a new cycle and, uh, there's all kinds of things that appeal to just your, uh, base human experience. And, uh, and it's, uh, the, uh, the scent, of burning leaves and burning wood and, and fires and the the comfort of, of gathering around a fire and, you know, dumb things like hot chocolate, um, you know, which have evolved in a, you know, pumpkin spice lattes or whoever gives it, whatever the fuck, I don't care what you drink, (laughs) but it's a, it's nice. It's a, it's a thing that I, I'm not a white woman, but I enjoy fall. I appreciate it. I, I kind of have, there's an excitement to it, just like any change of season. Um so that article just seems like uh they had well, to write an article. Right, I, don't, I I, mean, I think it's pressed. I don't know this woman at all but she probably truly does oh, give a shit. What
1: was interesting well, about well, I mean, it, she, she rooted it in the patriarchy.
0: Yeah, sorry, go ahead. She did a decent job of of like pl- kind of laying out some of the the political and institutional and commercial forces that sort of bring us this notion of oh, all. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure like,
3: everything. Yes, no absolutely. Without question, we have, uh, uh, and you're going to do that in capitalist societies anyway. It's everything's marketed, everything's marketable. There's a marketing thing behind everything. There is even the backlash to the marketing, which is in itself its own marketing and branding. Like fuck pumpkin spice latte, you know that's its own thing. And I'm sure there are T-shirts and bumper stickers and things that you can sell, and people make money by being anti fall, but that's all, I mean, that's an American tradition. I mean, there's a few, there's some
0: things that I, you know, like, for example, I didn't realize that Martha Stewart played such a big role in fall decoration and apparently getting gourds to be popular. Like I just thought gourds were popular from day one, you know, didn't know that she kind of helped popularize fucking gourds. Um, I didn't really, you know, well,
3: I remember from being a kid, I remember the gourds
0: were popular.
3: Yeah. The, what's the, the horn or whatever the bat, the, the drawing. Cornucopia. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That thing. Sure. Cornucopia. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah.
3: I remember that from when I was a kid.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, and she. It, and unless she Martha about- Stewart
3: was an influencer at age 12.
0: uh... (laughs) Um, But but she talks about sort of making it the like suburban wife fantasy of the gourd and like decorating your home in a a specific way. And I can see how her magazine did that. That's been around. That's been
3: around. That's been around Um, for sure.
0: Well, also, here's something I didn't realize. Franklin Delano Roosevelt moved Thanksgiving to an earlier date, and he did it to accommodate retailers who were worried about consumers not having enough time to do their holiday shopping. Didn't realize go. that, but there you go. There's all of these commercial uh, Why didn't you move it back sources. earlier?
1: Thanksgiving is way too close to Christmas. It's such bullshit. Like, I don't need to see my family two times in three weeks when I haven't Thinks seen them all it, year. think it's too close. It's so dumb. Can
0: I just say, like, I'm not a white girl, but I also... Um, I have never been drawn to autumn shit. I don't give a fuck at all. I view fall as the time of things starting to die. I find it very depressing. The days get shorter. Things are visibly dying in front of your face. Like, the pumpkin spice latte doesn't even have any fucking pumpkin in it. It's basically cinnamon. We're fooling ourselves with it, with pumpkin flavors. Pumpkin doesn't have any taste
1: anyway. It's just the... the it holds the... F-
0: I mean, I like a pumpkin but pie at you Thanksgiving. Like, you but like the nutmeg I mean,
1: and the cinnamon and the...
0: Right. Yeah. I guess it's, ten- it's that. It's that. Right. Exactly. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't like sweater weather. Like I don't care. I think everyone's sweater looks just completely average. <laughs> None of your sweaters are interesting to me. None of your, you know, knee length boots are interesting to me. I don't like the look. I don't care. Can I enjoy a foliage? Yeah, I can look upon a foliage and be like, that's nice, but I don't crave it. I don't want to (laughs) drive out to go see it. Like, I just fully 100% don't I, care. I wonder... Um, again, I grew up around cacti. We didn't have foliage. So I don't know. Maybe it's just like my, you know, my root speaking. But I, I've never gotten it.
1: I love it. I love it. But I'm a white woman. <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm, that's like I'm trained to love but it But I also from think
0: birth. of everyone who lived in the rest of the country as living in a movie. You yeah. know, because to me, fall and all that stuff was just something I saw in the movies. So it almost still feels like if I go to fucking, you know, the Berkshires or whatever. I just feel like you guys are joking, right? Like, this is all a a movie set. Like, it just feels so on the nose. Um, And then maybe what I'm asking for is, can we add a little like an edge to fall. You know what I mean? Where's the punk of fall? You know what I mean? That's what I want to see. It's so fucking precious. I can't. Everything
1: is precious. I think maybe as humans, we just need some sort of like time marker to get us through seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> so we're like, let's make it fun. Yeah. And then we have to make Christmas fun. And then, oh, Halloween. Right,
0: right. No and Valentine's Day. And oh. in terms of the premise of this article, like I don't care that white girls like fall. Like, also, everybody's allowed to have fun. And I think that is a really good, good hashtag. We're only doing optimism. But I, I think that is a really good point about fall is that it is, you know, fun for some people. And I am 100 percent on board for people having fun and having a reason to celebrate and a reason to be joyful um, and a reason to, like, be with their families and talk to their neighbors and fucking carve pumpkins or whatever. Like, I get that that stuff is cute. It's fun or whatever. Um, I'm not particularly drawn to it, but I also I 100 percent support people's fun. And listeners, I am willing to, like, hear otherwise, if you have a secret to, like, why fall matters to you so much, <laughs> you know, bring it. I'm here for for that. I carved
1: pumpkins last weekend. That was very, very fun.
0: All right. <laughs> and, you know, I have a kid now, so I guess I got to do shit like that. You do, that. and then do they like don't that.
1: carve them themselves, and then you're stuck carving a very complicated thing that they've requested for, like, an hour, and they've run off. <laughs> They're over it. And you're like, oh... You did this for one minute, <laughs> and now I'm carving like right. a very complicated Mario you character. You got to do <laughs>
3: yeah, Wally and me. If, 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 um, if you're a
1: perfectionist, it is a nightmare.
0: <laughs> um, okay, well, I like to end the show by asking. Now, I know this is going to be tough, considering our last conversation, but I do like to ask uh, to end the show and here we are, we're, we're just days before the, the election deadline, what is making you feel hopeful? And it could be small, it could be something so small like a Pop-Tart, or it could be something so large like the turnout in Georgia. Whatever it is, what is making you feel hopeful? Cody Lindquist.
1: Um, oh, yeah, uh, I have a, rel- uh, I have relatives in South Carolina and one of them who's, um, not an older white man said that he thinks it's going to be a Biden landslide based on his friends and how they're voting, and that shocked me.
0: Okay, and
1: gave me some hope.
0: Okay, I mean, I, that, I'll take that. That sounds yeah. Lovely. Again,
1: totally anecdotal, but I was like, oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I have one of my BFFs is, is in uh, South Carolina, and she talked about um a like a crazy voter turnout in South Carolina, and. Um, and she can sort of tell the, you know, the Republicans from the Democrats. And she had like a similar experience. And she would she didn't use any kinds of word like landslide. Which yeah, landslide.
1: Feels, I was like, OK, OK. Um, okay. A bit much, yeah. buddy.
0: But, <laughs> I'm not saying but that, she definitely but... she she definitely had some positive thoughts about her experience. David Cross, what is making you feel hopeful?
3: Um, well, just uh, I've got some leftover uh, MDMA, which I just dip into every <laughs> once in a while uh, <laughs> when things get super bleak. Um, and I got enough to last me until early November. So we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
0: um, all right. Uh, Cody Linkwitch, where do people find you and all the wonderful things you do? Um, you can check me out on Our
1: Cartoon President on Showtime on Sunday nights. Um, so yeah, this Sunday
0: and uh, yeah, great show. Oh, such an check awesome show. Out. You do such a fantastic job. Definitely check that Thank out. You. David Cross, where do people find you? Uh,
3: just, you know uh walking my dog uh i gotta walk my dog three <laughs> times a day um uh you might have met ollie actually you might have met her um, i did
0: i think i did yeah. yeah he used to play in that basketball court sometimes yeah
3: when she was a puppy yeah but um uh so yeah the you can check out the dark divide it's uh, uh it's good it's good it's um n- not anything i've ever done before it's a dramatic role
0: Oh, shit! Okay, I'm really excited to see this. Folks, The Dark Divide. Definitely see it, and like I said, then go and consume everything he's ever made, because uh, he is one of the greats. Um, And folks, you know where to find me, and I just had a piece come out in a FAR magazine about the future of global travel, which I think is interesting. They asked me to redefine a global citizen, and then I did. Um, I also have a piece in the Progressive magazine, my regular column, Hemming and Hawing, and I also wrote um, the uh, the, TED TED newsletter for the TED organization Um, and you can check that out online as well and it's it's about keeping democracy on your to-do list folks all of it is super optimistic (laughs) even though I recognize things could go wrong I still am trying to keep my spirits up about all of the possibilities Uh, so but you know that about me folks what I really want to do is thank the production team here at fake the nation that's our producer Anita Flores our talented audio engineer Andy Christens Gabby Alter wrote our theme music Lily Fleshler helps with research folks we love to hear from you send us your feedback topics we think we should be chatting about guest ideas you might have you can leave us a voicemail at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com and if you like what you hear favorite fake the nation on stitcher follow us on spotify subscribe on apple podcast and leave us a review on apple podcast because it helps people find their show and then in general just tell your friends all right thank you so much and we'll be back in your earballs next week